Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 24 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited uh, to again uh, share some knowledge about personal finances and how to be financially free and how to build good financial habits with you guys. And so I'm really ready to dive into today's topic because it builds off of yesterday's topic that we covered on diversification. Well, today is going to be its counterpart, asset allocation. And so we're going to talk about how asset allocation uh, can be used in your investing strategy and in your investing life to uh, assist you in taking risk off of your portfolio. And a lot of people may not agree with my outlook on asset allocation, and that's okay, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway on this episode. So before we get started, I do want to remind you guys, go down below if you would like to, and I would implore you to, click that subscribe button. Click the, the red subscribe button. Uh, like this video. Leave me any uh, feedback you want in the comments. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, also, if you're listening on the podcast, go and subscribe there on Apple or Spotify Podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on social media at MNO with Dylan if you want some more content. And you can check out tools and resources that we offer, such as financial coaching and then like some different calculators and, and uh, Excel spreadsheets that I provide you on our website, www.mnowithdylan.com. So let's jump right in. Asset allocation. How is this different than diversification? Well, diversification is within an asset class. So an asset class would be like stocks, bonds, right? Those, those are particular, and those are some of the biggest asset classes, right? And so what diversification is going to do, it's going to allow you to de-risk within the asset class. So like we were talking about yesterday, what you're going to be doing is buying assets that are not necessarily correlated with each other in order to take risk away from putting all of your eggs in one basket, from owning just one thing or just a, a couple of things that are highly correlated with each other. Now, asset allocation looks to do something particularly similar to diversification, but asset allocation is between asset classes. So diversification within asset class asset allocation between asset classes. So what do I mean? Here we're talking about taking risk off by owning different asset classes that aren't core, highly correlated with one another. When you diversify within an asset class, there's still some risk that you missed. And so what do I mean by this? You may have been trying to take risk off of your portfolio and that's good and, and you can try to do that via diversification, but Many stocks are going to have a general correlation that is positive with one another. As an asset class, the, the particular stocks within that asset class are going to be highly correlated. And the same thing with debt, especially uh, debt of a lower grade. We call junk bonds and, and things like that. They're going to be uh, particularly highly correlated with one another. And so even if you are diversifying, there's still going to be a level of risk that you weren't able to take away because you weren't owning different types of assets. And that's where asset allocation helps you because you can choose different assets that have a particular 
correlation that is not really close to the particular assets that you're already holding in a different asset class. So um, this can be a really useful thing and, and it will allow you to take away as much of that inherent risk with just owning one or two things in one or two asset classes. And it will allow you to decrease the correlation within your portfolio and make your returns uh, more stable or as stable as they can be over time. So you see that this is not an either or. It's not a either you diversify or you choose a asset allocation that you think is good for you. It, it works together because if you just diversify, you're going to uh, leave some risk on the table that you could have taken away with a good asset allocation. And similarly with uh, asset allocation, you can invest in different asset types, but if they're all highly correlated, um, then it doesn't matter if you didn't diversify within the particular types of assets. Now, all of this said, asset allocation just for the sake of asset allocation. So trying to um, take risk off just for the sake of taking some variability out or volatility out is not going to help your returns. And, and that's something you have to remember is that even though we are taking risk away, uh, anytime we decrease risk, we likely decrease returns as well. So asset allocation is not going to necessarily help your returns. And I'll talk more about that as we move forward here in this video. Consider this example real quick, and I'm going to read this. Um, consider an investment portfolio that only held bonds, right? And if the economy were doing really well and interest rates were going up incrementally because the economy was doing well, and the value of these bonds would be taking the brunt of this move. Why? Because increases in interest rates lead to decreases in the price of bonds because there's that inverse relationship there. Okay. And then stocks, on the other hand, may have had good returns due to the overall strength of the economy. Um, and that's what has allowed for the increasing rates. And so rates typically rise as economies are getting stronger. And so you can see right there that given the state of the economy, not the state of particular companies or uh, groups of companies or particular uh, industries, we're talking about the economy as a whole, uh, you can make the broad assumption that as these rates are rising, it's going right along with the fact that stocks have been rising well, bonds are going to be falling in value at that same time. So there's that, that inverse relationship, that negative correlation uh, between the two asset classes, stocks and bonds, that individuals can uh, use in order to take some risk off. So uh, if, if you only held bonds, you're going to be taking uh, the brunt of this beating. But if you were to hold stocks and bonds in equal amounts, then you might actually make some money uh, off of this particular move in interest rates. So mixing up the assets that you hold uh, can take some risk away, but at the same time, it can touch your returns in a negative way. So let's say you were holding an investment portfolio of all stocks and uh, there was a bull market going and you're, you know, you're benefiting from this bull market in the stock market. Well, if you were to have allocated some money in bonds and like we were just saying a second ago rates were rising so the price of bonds are falling well you're going to lose some money on the bond portion of your portfolio whereas if all of your portfolio was in stocks 
uh, you would have made more money. And so you can see how that can dip into your returns, but it's also going to take risk off of your portfolio that is not necessary. And so, um, like I said, you can decide what is best for you. You don't have to take, try to take all the risk out because in doing so, you're going to take out returns that you probably would have liked to get. Now, there are some funds out there, mutual funds, ETFs, that do this for you. So they create an asset allocation for you, or it's a dynamic asset allocation that changes over time uh, that you can use so you don't have to do this yourself. So there's a lot of funds that are called like balanced funds, okay? And, and what these typically are is they'll hold a particular percentage of stocks and a particular percentage of bonds. Uh, a lot of them are like 60-40 or 50-50 or 40-60 stock, stocks to bonds, right? And they can vary in, in the percentages that they hold, but that's kind of what they, they try to keep. And these allow you to choose an asset allocation via this particular fund and ride out that asset allocation. And that asset allocation is not going to be dynamic, though. It's not going to change. Well, good news, there, there are funds that do that too. So the, the most common, especially nowadays, and uh, these types of funds are extremely common in 401k plans, and uh, you can find them with just about every mutual fund provider, are target date funds. Now, what target date funds do is they pick some date in the future, and what they typically try to do is, is allow you to choose around the year that you're going to retire, on the target date fund and what they'll do is, is early on they'll allow you to take more risk and they'll allow you to have more variability by holding a higher percentage in stock well and then over time what it's going to do is it's going to it's going to be dynamic and as the years go the amount of bonds that that particular portfolio holds will increase and the amount of stocks that it holds will decrease until uh, they kind of switch places as you get closer to that target date and so this allows you to have a dynamic asset allocation that shifts risk from higher risk to lower risk investments uh, as you move forward. Now, this may not be what is best for you, but I'm just saying some mutual funds try to make this a, a, a reality and something that you can do without having to think about it, uh, but it may not be the best way to go about it. At the end of the day, what you have to understand is that your risk profile is not static. So the risk that you're willing to take to get to where you want to get is not a static figure, okay? And your needs for the future are also not static. They also change over time. So if those two things are not static, nor should be your portfolio, you shouldn't just allow a, a static asset allocation to move forward throughout your entire life or allow the preset changes in a target date fund to push you forward. Maybe that's not what's best for you because your your needs are dynamic. Your your life is dynamic and is always changing. And so maybe your investment portfolio doesn't always need to change, but maybe what would be considered for you at a particular time in life is not what's going to be best for you long term. And something that funds like mutual funds and ETFs also will allow you to do is to get into uh, other asset classes more easily and, and cheaper. So like commodities and gold and uh, things like that, that, that you can invest in and invest cheaply. And one of the ways that uh, a particular asset allocation has been set to take away risk and to 
maximize return with the least variability has been done by uh, hedge fund manager and, and Wall Street legend Ray Dalio. And he's created what he calls the all-weather portfolio. And it holds bonds of different maturities, uh, stocks, it holds um, gold, it holds commodities, and all of these in set percentages. And he's found that this particular portfolio decreases variability uh, and has returns very similar to uh, the stock market itself. And so this is a very clever thing that he has done, um, but it also may not be the best thing for, for everybody. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a really cool exercise to try to take risk away while still keeping returns high over the long term. And he's done a very good job of that. And that's something that you want to try to do. Uh, but it's all going to be dependent on what your risk profile is and your, your appetite for variability. And it's just not necessary to try to decrease volatility or get into one of these low volatility funds when your risk profile can take more. If you can uh, take more volatility, then that's fine. Volatility is not necessarily just straight up risk. Some of it can just be the that the stock price of particular stocks bounces around a bit, and and that's okay uh, in a lot of cases. So I, I don't want you to get such into the mindset of I have to take away risk at all costs. No, you just need to take away unnecessary risks in order to get yourself in a place where your risk profile is met. So somebody may be totally comfortable with an all-stock portfolio and an all-stock mutual fund or ETF portfolio. I'm at about as close to one of those guys as you can get. And it, it comes from knowledge and it comes from understanding the stock market and understanding returns over the long term. And those are have been the highest returning assets over the long term uh, that we've talked about. And so investing in those things for me is not difficult and watching the variability especially in smaller cap stocks is is not difficult uh, for me but it may be difficult for somebody else they may need to change their asset allocation or their diversification to take away some of the unnecessary risk uh, that would meet their risk profile better and that's the key their risk profile not yours not mine the particular person whoever it is and so you want to follow your risk profile. And so whatever you are comfortable with is what you should be invested in. Uh, and whatever I'm comfortable with is what I should be invested in. There is no one size fits all portfolio that's just going to make you feel giddy uh, as much as it's going to make me feel giddy. And you also may have heard of this in investment adage about asset allocation that uh, is talking about stocks and bonds. And it says, you know, based on your age. So we talked about target date funds, but there's also this thing based on your age. And, and it says, okay, whatever age you are, that's the percent you should hold in bonds. So naturally what that does is as you get older, you hold a higher percentage of fixed income investments. Well, this is probably not the best idea either, uh, simply because as a 25-year-old, holding 25% in bonds is really going to, dip into some of the returns that I could make early in my investing life. And maybe I don't want to do that. And I choose not to do that. But some people ascribe to that. And it, it's something that um, allows them to have uh, a preset asset allocation. But remember what I said previously, asset allocation is dynamic, your life is dynamic. Uh, don't just fall into some of these presets, because they're probably not going to work out 
uh, as well as, as something else that meets your risk profile well and meets your return needs uh, as best as possible. So yesterday we talked about how diversification was actually a biblical idea. And uh, I, I wanted to uh, kind of expound on that today um, with talking about asset allocation and how it, it kind of falls into asset allocation as well. So what I read was from the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, King Solomon wrote, Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. And so basically saying take your resources and put them in different places uh, because you don't know uh, what may happen. And, and that's kind of the idea behind diversification and asset allocation, right? And so let me read you this. Uh, Robert Katz, um, when he was talking about this same verse of Scripture, um, he talks about a, a study that was done comparing a variety of asset allocations uh, or diversification strategies. And uh, he compares them over the last 37 years to just see how have they worked out. This, this study was actually done where they look at uh, a one-asset portfolio, so all cash, two-asset portfolio, cash and bonds, three-asset portfolio, cash, bonds, U.S. large-cap stocks, uh, etc., up to a seven-asset class portfolio. And he studied traditional mixes such as like the 60-40 that I talked about earlier or the 40-60 or the 50-50, so he looked at those as well uh, over the last 37 years. This is what he finds. The absolute best portfolio allocation providing the average yield of 11.25% over 37 years with the lowest standard deviation. So lowest standard deviation. So we use standard deviation as a means to say risk in a lot of cases because that's the variability of the return. So it has 11.25% annualized return and the lowest standard deviation of returns, okay? And this was the portfolio that included all seven assets. So he basically proves that what King Solomon says in the Bible is truth. It, it is actually playing out in that exact way. So these seven asset classes that he looked at were um, large cap U.S. stocks, small cap U.S. stocks. So you can see there that's some diversification, right? We, we have two different types of stock funds. Okay, so large and small cap, uh, non-U.S. stocks, so like international stocks. Once again, diversification because we're still in the uh, stock portion. Then commodities, so that's a different asset. So now we're digging a little bit more into asset allocation. Uh, real estate investment trusts, a different asset class as well. So some more asset allocation there. Intermediate term bonds asset allocation because we're adding a different type of asset, a fixed income, bonds, and then seven was cash. And so that's the seven asset or seven different uh, pools that the money was put into. Some of it is diversification, some of it is asset allocation, but very distinct types of assets there. And so what this tells us is that there is truth uh, to things that are, are said biblically, biblically about our finances and and that's pretty cool and that's something that um, you know Solomon was the wisest man in the world so uh, maybe we should take heed to what he says because it, obviously it, it worked out well and an 11.25% annual return is awesome I'll take that every day of the week and I just want to remind you again there, there's a, a darker side to asset allocation and it's this side that says you must 
take away all of the unnecessary risk. And that's not the case. It should be based on you and what you're willing to take because volatility and standard deviation, like we were just talking about a moment ago, is not necessarily risk. It's not necessarily the uh, likelihood of losing money over the long term. So um, even though it's a measure that's used, it's not necessarily something that you, you have to worry about at all times. And so if you can make like 7% on some kind of you know well-allocated portfolio of funds and, and you have really good, strong asset allocation and diversification and you're comfortable with that, then that's fine. That's awesome. But if you can, let's say you could make 11% and be less diversified and have less asset allocation, but you, again, were comfortable with that, then that's okay too. And that's where people are going to disagree with me. They're going to say, well, no, Dylan, you need to take you know the most unnecessary risk out as you can. And I totally disagree. You don't need to take all that risk out because it's all going to depend on what you are comfortable with. Because investments, even though it's about maximizing return, it's also about what you expect and what you're willing to take, what you're willing to have as far as a return. If you're willing to take 7%, then yeah, you want to take the lowest risk 7% you can. But if I want 11 and I can live with and sleep with the risk associated with getting 11% annual returns, then that's fine. And I can do that. And nobody should be able to argue with that. You want the lowest risk for the highest return. And that's just as simple as it gets. That doesn't mean just taking the lowest risk because if you want to take the lowest risk, you'd put all your money in cash and you'd make nothing on it. Uh, But you want the lowest risk for the highest return uh, and the lowest risk for the return that you expect and the return that you want on your money long term. And here I'm just speaking for myself. It's hard for me to look at long-term market returns and be willing to uh, invest in bonds that don't pay much or uh, bonds that have historically underperformed stocks. And I understand the concepts, and I've explained the concepts to you in these past couple of videos of diversification and asset allocation. I do diversify, uh, but I diversify within my allocation in stock mutual funds. So I, I own international stocks. I own small caps. I own mid caps. I own large caps. Um, I, I'm, I own all these things. I own some individual stocks. So I, I think I'm well diversified in the way that I, I own things. But at the exact same time, uh, my asset allocation is non-existent because I just, I don't own different asset classes other than stocks. I own stocks. Is there value in other asset classes? Of course there is. Of course there's value to be found in other asset classes. And if you can go and you can find them, more power to you. But if you're talking about the difference in two diversified portfolios, one of stocks and one of bonds, or one of stocks and one of you know any other major asset class, then I'm going to take the diversified stock portfolio and ride it all the way home. I think that's the... That's the way that I would go and the the way that I am comfortable investing. And if you aren't comfortable with that, that's perfectly fine. And that's what I want to get down to uh, to kind of wrap all this up is that at the end of the day, investing is behavioral and investing is emotional. And 
I, I've told you before, not understanding and not feeling good about your investments can keep you from investing. And that's the last thing that I want. I, I want you to feel as comfortable as possible and be able to do the things that, that you want to do and not worry constantly about what your investments are doing. I want you to have the knowledge and have the understanding. That way you can invest and you can do it in a way that is going to benefit you over the long term. And so whatever you do, be investing and put money in. We've talked about this before. Putting money in is the important part, right? But at the same time, understanding how to take unnecessary risks off of your portfolio if needed uh, is an important thing to do. So understanding your asset allocation, understanding your diversification, huge deals. That's why I uh, really hit on them as important investment principles that you, you should understand, but don't get so bogged down in them that you don't do anything. Do what you're comfortable with. Try to get the returns that, that you want to get and uh, take the risks that you can sleep at night with and that you can enjoy your life while still taking those risks. So ultimately, asset allocation is a, a great concept. It makes a ton of sense. And I, I want you to take it to heart. I just uh, I want you to think independently and not um, allow others to take the way that you're comfortable with investing and, and mold it into their own preconceived notions of what should happen based on asset allocation principles. Uh, there are certain things that you need to understand just in order to uh, invest well and know the broad scope of what investing looks like. And asset allocation is one of those particular topics. It's not a topic uh, that has to be just pounded to death and, and taken to heart completely in order to be a successful investor. Like we talked about yesterday, Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, they all got rich doing one thing and one thing only, and that was investing in their particular company stock. So they weren't diversified and they didn't have asset allocation. And that was cool by them. They made a lot of money because they had the risk tolerance to do so. And they took those risks uh, that were necessary. So go by your risk tolerance. Uh, allow yourself to, to take the risks necessary to get to where you want to get and realize that your needs are dynamic and you can meet your needs uh, with good investing when you are putting the money in and getting necessary returns. Like I said yesterday, make it as simple as possible, but no simpler. So, hey, thanks for watching. Once again, go down below, subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave me some feedback in the comments. I'd love to get back with you on anything that you, you think about this video or, or these sections on investment principles and things that you might find interesting or have questions about. I'd be glad to, to get with you there. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and check out my website www.mnowithdylan.com uh, to check out the financial coaching services and some tools that I have out there uh, for you guys. Also, if you're listening on the, the podcast, Apple or Spotify, make sure you go subscribe. If you want to listen there, please do so, but subscribe. Uh, so guys, I, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow as we dig into another investment principle of risk and return. And we've talked a lot about risk and return already, but there are particular things that I think we should dive into tomorrow that, that would be really helpful for you. Uh, keep a lookout on Saturday as I post the weekly rewind and, and you can catch up on anything you missed uh, in that video. So, hey, thanks for watching this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.